Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. It's great that you're joining us once again. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning. It's a sunny Sunday here. Uh, it, it is, but it's chilly. I have my gilet on. <laughs> <laughs> and on top in the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, you have a link to a Princeton Scholars discussion about Israel and Gaza. There's also a link to a talk about the war by Daniel Kurtzer, a professor there and a former ambassador to Egypt and Israel. Yeah, I mean, we con uh, we commented last time about uh, Kurtzer's uh, uh, talk, and I added it back on <clears throat> on this e-letter because I just found it extremely informative and and uh, very very insightful, at least to me. And again, I just offer these up um, if somebody wishes to listen to some things that isn't fake news or fake who knows what, or you can't even tell. I mean, it, uh, you don't even want to go there. One uh, Anyway, so but the, the uh, discussion, the discussion uh, is very, very worthwhile uh, from multiple yeah. viewpoints and yeah. uh, obviously knowledgeable people. Yes, and and um, and uh, yes, and so irrespective of which side of this thing, I, um, of course, there's only one side. But um, you know, um, anyway, enormously troubling situation. Um, um, prayers to everybody who's involved. Um, Moving on in the newsletter, Alan, the Verge has a report from Andrew Hawkins headlined. How will driverless cars talk to pedestrians? Uh, Waymo has a few ideas. One being in the article here, LED displays on top of vehicles, communicating messages, uh, and there are also external audio alerts that can communicate with emergency responders. Your take on uh, that? Yeah, of course. I mean, of course. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we have displays now that display information, and there's no reason why, you know, you can't have a, a display on it or, in fact, display on the windshield. What the heck? Why, why do you even – you don't need to see out the windshield. Uh, so so there are all, all sorts of things that, that one can do here. Uh, you know, a lot of the discussion today, especially when, in the discussions to make these vehicles, uh, you know, for – for for people to purchase and have personal vehicles as you know basically screens so throughout the inside you can have screens throughout the outside too and and so the the, the communications both verbal both uh, and 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 with images um, and maybe even tactile uh for for people that uh, have sight issues uh, of course, absolutely. It's open season. Uh, do something, do something good here. Uh, communicate with your customer. <laughs> you're giving rides, okay, and not joy rides. You're just giving rides. These aren't amusement rides. These are just rides, and, and let people be comfortable and informed. Why not? And, and for people who are walking or on bicycles on the outside of the vehicle, communication with them can be, I mean, you you and I, when we're driving, you have eye contact with. with you have eye contact. Or there are drivers. various things you can, you know, 
uh, set up a whole new set of signals. We've used hand signals to indicate turns in the distant past. You know, you do one of these or one of those type of thing. Um, all sorts of things are, po are very possible, very doable for which, you know, people such as Google and GM and Cruise and so on have, you know, all sorts of individuals that could be creative and in, in providing ways to communicate with your customer. Uh, this is nothing more than customer communications. Uh, respect the customer and, and just communicate. Glideways, G-L-Y-D-W-A-Y-S, has raised $56 million, including an investment from Bill Gates, for their San Francisco-based robo-taxi company. Uh, they're, making, they're planning to use four-passenger electric vehicles, glide cars, designed to operate in dedicated lanes. And that's the big differential here, I suppose. That's the big differential in dedicated lanes, in dedicated lanes. And, you know, we've been able to do this in dedicated lanes for you know, almost 50 years or 50 plus years, uh, you know, uh, uh, you look at all the automated people movers in airports. <laughs> one isn't an airport or at least a major airport unless one has an automated people mover who does collision avoidance, does all this stuff, opens the doors, gives rides, shared rides even. People get in, just use them. I know I, I, I go in these things and I, where's the driver? And I look around, I, I'm always nervous and, and everybody pulls out their cell phones and starts dialing 911. There's a crazy in here, you know? <laughs> What's the matter with this guy? People just do it to get to get around. And it's, but they're in dedicated right-of-ways. And it makes the command and control and safety systems so much easier because you don't have to worry about potential of kids chasing balls. No bicyclists there. Actually, there are no bicyclists on our interstate highways. They're forbidden. Because otherwise, we probably couldn't drive down a New Jersey Turnpike, an I-95 and whatever if there are bicyclists there. Never mind. But so back to the point. Yes. And the, yes. And the challenge of the dedicated right of way is is getting folks to dedicate right away to this. You know, we've dedicated right of way in buildings for elevators to go up and down and they work there. And as I mentioned, in airports to get from wherever to wherever that you need to in an airport and maybe in some, you know, amusement areas or something. I don't know what exists at Disneyland or Disney World. Uh, haven't been there in years. Don't intend to go. Never mind. Um, but in cities, oh, my goodness. You know, Jacksonville built one. I think they've deactivated it. Maybe they're trying to reactivate it, you know, for a short stretch. Otherwise, it's only in basically three places that it's essentially the sort of automated people move or personal rapid transit systems were ever built. Three places over the last, you know, since the creation of man and woman. 
three places, uh, Morgantown, Mazdar, and Heathrow. Three places. It's not that we and many others didn't try, but it's so hard to go to a planning board meeting and say, okay, yeah, we're going to dedicate this and dedicate it on the ground. That means it has to be fenced off. Stick it up in the air. That means it has to go by somebody's bedroom window. Well, there's put another option that e, there's another option that Elon has thought yeah, of. Yeah, put it underground. <laughs> you know, which which in fact, you know, certainly when we looked at it, uh, the costs were monumental. I mean, that's where New York City's subway system ended up, and that's where the London subway system ended up, and that's where the Paris metro ended up, and the Moscow metro, and most of the metro and around the world ended up underground. Now, you know, the boring company is building one of these things in Las Vegas. It's going to be more than just a couple of stops. Okay, so maybe, maybe, you know, boring company now has a way to easily, you know, dig tunnels underground, do this underground. Great. You know, but the, you know, with my students, we designed these systems for, you know, 40 years. 40 years. It's like, it's like going through the desert. You know, I carried the tablets <laughs> through the desert. 40 years. Three systems. You know, first system we designed for the for New Jersey. I brought it down to New Jersey DOT circuit. I don't know, 1975. I mean, <laughs> I was just I was just laughed at. It was, I mean, I don't even think I was laughed at. <laughs> You've got to be kidding Okay, I mean, you've got to be kidding. And other systems, you know, 10,000 miles of guideway or of exclusive way, 10,000 stations provide mobility to everybody, you know, in New Jersey. It's not quite door to door, but easy walk to easy walk. You know, cost, I don't know, quarter of a trillion, half a trillion. Plus, if you, if even you could put the, the the land together and connect them and all the whatever and even uh, oh my goodness, the beauty of the driverless vehicles that Waymo has, I think has can make work and that GM Cruise I think can make work and have demonstrated the work and what a few others are working on and may have a chance to get working is that they use the existing roadways the the you know the vision that came out of the darpa challenge that whoa all we have to do is put the intelligence in the vehicle so it doesn't crash and we can just go out there and use what's there we don't need anything maybe just some paint well, I need paint to be able, hey, I'm getting my eyes fixed, so maybe I'll be able to see if there's paint. So I, I go cataract surgery on Monday, so now maybe I can see. But they still have to put paint out there for me to see the lane. Okay? Somewhat smooth surface. So I thought, oh, that's all we, all, all we need if you put the intelligence in the vehicle. 
that's why this this is that's why the, there's been so much invested in this it's because you, you really shouldn't have to ask anybody for permission if it works now we're there hey, please and it's a, let us take a steering wheel out of here otherwise we'll just put a steering wheel in there just to make you happy i mean you really want a steering wheel in a vehicle i mean you know you want it to go through my chest Oh, sure, you'll put an airbag on it. Thank you. I never mind. <laughs> it's just so I silly. think you're referring I, I to us still waiting for NHTSA to move on uh, the cruise origin bay. Come on, NHTSA. What? Really? Really? How many people haven't gotten rides because you do that? How many people haven't been able to feed their families? How many people haven't been able to go to cello lessons so that they can get into Princeton? Come on, it's a... Moving on, Alan. Uh, Tesla has officially released API documentation to support third-party apps. And uh, the expectation is this could lead to a more open app store in Tesla vehicles. Yeah, I, 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 I thought Tesla wanted to keep everything for themselves and do everything themselves, which is fine, I guess. Do it, please. Are you really, really, you want, you want to partner up with folks? Really? This is great. Thank you. And in fact, you know, make sure that the, sort of crazies don't get a hold of it and, you know, do who knows what. But I'm sure you will be careful about that. But my goodness, we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, an application that's going on. And, you know, <laughs> great. Interesting to see what happens, right? Yeah, so. yeah. A lot of, I think there are a lot of folks out there who would like to who think you're, you're, you're Tesla's doing a pretty darn good job and could, you know, help make this help, you know, roll up their sleeves and help make this happen. Meanwhile, the um, Model Y is now being used in downtown. I, I should point I should point out that, that I don't publicize who I have in my class, so I won't mention the name who I have in my class, but I had a name in my a person in my class last Wednesday who Who's, who basically came out instantaneously and said, no way. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and I said, geez, thank you for telling me no way. And I guess I understand no way, but, you know, I'm bullheaded enough. <laughs> Model Ys are now being used in downtown Tampa in the Dash ride-sharing service. Uh, the price, $2 a person with a minimum of two people per ride. The rides are booked using an app, and we should note, uh, Alan, uh, of course, uh, these are not driverless, at least at this point. Yeah, well, they're they're not driverless. They are with drivers, and they've been able to um, to properly justify the uh, the person in there, and basically have a a funding source to pay that person, and and um, and gladly pay the, the the drivers and i think that's fantastic I, I i applaud dash for doing that and providing rides um, i don't know why you would need an app to do this why the heck do you need an app 
these vehicles, I imagine, are just going to be at like our kiosks. You know, they're point to point, I believe. Why can't people just walk up? I need a nap? You know, whatever, I guess. Okay, sure. I guess everybody has an app. Just seems to be, I don't need a nap to get in an elevator. Okay. And I'm uh, maybe some people, some some elevators now have to have to have, you have to have a special card to be going in there because of course where you're going only the precious few are permitted to go. I can understand that in certain situations, but otherwise, why shouldn't it be open? To, you know, everybody. What the heck, really? Any nap? And 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 but the second piece, which of their level of service that they're out there saying uh, uh, one is very affordable you know it's only within a two square mile area but still a two square mile area is kind of a you know it's tough to walk from corner to corner and whatever and it's nice to be able to hop in and 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 i guess it gets a little warm every once in a while in the summer so you'd like to maybe hop into something okay fantastic but the other beauty of the of the offering is is that is is it's shared ride. Okay, it's not casual shared ride. In other words, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to necessarily deal with two people who aren't somewhat connected hopping in together. But I'm sure with the driver there, they can manage that. But even if it's it is connected people, the two of us. To, down there hopping in but it's it would require the two of us so that if i needed to ride on there i might go around hey yo uh hi my name's alan uh, would you mind uh, are you going one we go together might meet somebody and the shared ride's important darn it because it it allows the vehicle to be productive non situation in which there's nobody else around and it's just sitting there i guess you know they may they may ease that up i suspect that they will but certainly in peak in peak times the objective should be to share rides otherwise you need so darn many vehicles you see, the vehicle fleet size is dependent on the on the demand during the peaks and the peaks in transportation as a function of time are really big. And if I need all these vehicles in the peak, what are they doing in the on-peak? Sitting around, what are their drivers doing? Sucking their thumbs. And, and elevators would not work in tall buildings if, in fact, they did not share rides and peaks. Period. No argument. You couldn't build enough elevators. Tall buildings wouldn't work. Why, why are we making our cities be forced to work to make sure that, oh, nobody else is going to be near me? If you don't want anybody else near you, go live, come out here in May's Landing. Nobody near me here, you know. Go out in the woods. Go in the desert. Go in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I don't know. Ooh. Alan, uh, more Tesla news. Uh, 
They've announced what uh, they call a significant breakthrough in the 4680 battery cell production at Gigafactory, Texas. It produced its 20 millionth battery cell at the factory, and Electric uh, estimates the production may now be about 800,000 cells per week. Yeah, now you have to remember, these are cells. These aren't whole batteries. Okay, right. you got to put the cells together to make a whole battery, like thousands of I don't know what the number is, whatever the number is. Each one has to be manufactured and produced. Batteries have been uh, the uh, Achilles heel or the throat or the congestion point or the limit limiter of electric vehicles since day one, since 1835, since, you know, sure, it's always been thought electricity is a great thing to propel um, vehicles. And my goodness, the fact that, that you transfer into in, into uh, momentum kinetic energy, and then as you slow down, you can you can capture some of that. You don't have to make it all heat. You can regenerative early break. It's almost a perpetual motion machine. Problem is, is you need this thing to hold the electricity and be able to move with you and give you the electricity when you need it. And, um, you know, this, the fact that we're using um, these battery cells in the first place has been, you know, a real revelation. That's what made Tesla uh, no lead acid battery. No, no, we're going to use silicon and, and do it that way and lithium. And lithium, we're going to use lithium, and we're just going to do it that way. But you have to make the cells. You have to put them together. You have to whatever and do a lot of things with it, but you have to manufacture them. And I don't know. seems like um, it's worth noting because if you're going to make these things, you need a lot of batteries. Okay? Now, maybe at some point we can recycle them all or they never go bad or who knows what but um, um you got to make them the first time anyway maybe there's there's certainly Falcon. a lot of r&d going going on oh, in, an in enormous amount of r&d yeah serious r&d serious startups a lot of serious work but but at some point you have to scale okay so it's one thing doing the thing in a laboratory it's one thing doing the thing in in the in a steve jobs garage or something like that. It's a whole other thing to do things in a gigafactory and make gazillions of them. And apparently they're in a gigafactory making gazillions of them. And they're doing and it in Texas, the, uh, which is a big advantage when it comes to the incentives, et cetera, that the government offers as much as they can make. Well, not here. just that, but but if you're making them there, I guess where you're going to put them in the cars or, or cyber trucks <laughs> there. Right. So you don't have to transport them halfway around the world after you may. I mean, you know, you look at some of these things, you look at the supply chain associated with making some of these things, you make them over here to make them over there to do that, you know, like goes crazy. Yeah, one of the interesting things that that's, that happened with respect to their their battery plant in um, in Nevada was that uh, my goodness, these are batteries for the Fremont Assembly Facility in California. So now you have to get the batteries from Nevada to California, 
and I think it's been a major motivation of of the of the Tesla Semi. Oh, okay, so now we need trucks to be able to get these batteries over there, although they could have used railroad, I guess. But if we use trucks, then maybe maybe we should maybe we should make our own electric trucks to take the batteries from where we're manufacturing the batteries to uh, to where we're going to put them in the cars in Fremont. So again, logistics plays a large part in a lot of these things. Manufacturing plays an enormous part. The other interesting thing in the, in that in that post is the sort of the comment that the that the, the cost of producing the batteries is maybe chopped in half. Chopping battery costs in half is big because batteries are an expensive component of that car. It's like chopping the uh, cost of making the you know V8 that goes into whatever in half. That's a lot to make the vehicles affordable and they've been reducing prices and uh yeah and, yeah they're reducing prices and we'll we'll hear from you know the every three months we hear you know what extended affects the bottom line and it seems as if what tesla is they built the manufacturing facilities to produce the vehicles to scale, one expects with scale the in, the unit prices go down, but then you have to sell them. So, but because unit prices go down, you can afford to sell them at a cheaper price. And you know, some people say, "Well, who? What about the competition?" Well, you know, competition's gonna have to take care of itself on this one, I guess. I mean, what's the what are we supposed to do? Tell tell Tesla to increase its price to make sure that the others can also sell at a high price, so that they can make money. I don't know. I I don't want to just argue that one. I mean, it's just whatever. But Alan, a couple a couple of reminders in the in the newsletter: the Podcar Conference coming up next month. This is in San Jose. Yeah, this is San Jose, and it goes back to our previous uh, discussion with respect to vehicles that can operate in exclusive uh, roadways or exclusive guideways to, to to help this the safety case and make it a heck of a lot easier. The safety case a heck of a lot easier. I mean, night and day easier. Okay, Morgantown has operated. I, I don't know where they move. 15,000 kids a day or something like that at the uh, University of West Virginia, between the University of West Virginia campuses. And I don't think they've ever had a serious crash. You know, some, I'm sure some students have tried to stuff Morgantown vehicles with, you know, 100 students or something like that. You know, all the folks, all the kids who... I, did I participate in that? I might have, you know, how many kids can you put in, the, in a Volkswagen Beetle? I'm sure I, I would imagine they've been creative in West Virginia and tried to see how many kids can I put in a, in a Morgantown PRT vehicle? I guess, maybe not. Somebody will, hopefully if, if there's a link to a video of that, I'd love to, <laughs> whatever. Somebody will make it up now. No, never mind. Please don't. 
The other, re <laughs> the other reminder, Alan, is uh, about a new book coming out soon. Uh, the one you've written with Michael Senna, The Real Case for Driverless Mobility. Getting yep. close. Getting close. I mean, we decided on a cover. We decided on the back page. I guess it's coming close. Uh, apparently, you can also pre-order this uh, from Elsevier. Uh, great and we're gonna we're gonna and there's supposed to be a an ebook version because the hard the hardcover version is not an expensive i don't know it's elsevier i you know whatever and um and uh but um and then we're gonna see if we can do an audio version with you doing it fred i mean that that would be great if you if you did it did, did the audio version i guess it'd be nice to do an audio version and I think, you know, um, also um, Elizabeth and I are deciding when the next summit's going to be. It, you know, it looks like maybe uh, we're shooting for May 29th or May 29th, 30th and 31st. It looks like we're almost have it down. So we're 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 going to put the team back together and do a, a summit at the end of May. Um, I think, I mean, I really want to do it. I think by then, certainly the book will be out and whatever, and hopefully that makes a difference. And hopefully, well, given all the places that GM Cruise is in now, maybe they'll by then have decided to come to Jersey and or maybe Waymo's advanced enough to come to Jersey and maybe we'll get them to participate. Um, it'd be, well, GM Cruise participated the last one we did. And so it'd be fair to them, but maybe we can get Waymo. I don't know. It'd be nice. Why not? Uh, we have, we have people here in Jersey that need rides. It would improve their lives if they got rides. And guess what those two companies can do. They can give rides. And they can give rides very affordably, I believe, and very efficiently and very, at, at really a high quality, whether they're going to be, you know, uh, but they're not amusement rides. They're serious rides. And um, I think both of those companies are, at least they should be in the serious rides business. We'll see. Absolutely. Well, that's a lot to look forward to. Yep. And we're and uh, we're at midterm break at Princeton, you know. So um, wow, uh, quarter of the year is gone already. My goodness, it's fun to be back off sabbatical and having a great time with students and what a good bunch of students I have. So terrific. Well, you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Amazon, wherever you turn to for podcasts. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Good luck with the cataract surgery, Alan. Oh. Thank, <laughs> thank all of I'm you I'm going to be listening. able to see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone for listening or watching, and please continue to stay safe. Next thing you know, I'll, I'll get hearing aids so I can hear. Uh, no, but I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Okay. Thank you, everybody.